First of all, I'd like to welcome any of you who are visiting from the local hospital. We are happy to have changed the mass schedule to noon to accommodate people's schedule. So welcome as we pray for all our sisters and brothers who are ill in the hospital and all of your special intentions today. St. Athanasius, Bishop and Doctor of the Church, he lived not too, after, not too far after these readings were composed. The next group of people after the apostles were the doctors of the church, time-wise. So he was present at the Council of Nicaea, 325. So that group of people after the death of the last apostles and the leaders of the church and they became what we call the fathers of the church. And a visual of that is in the Vatican, in St. Peter's Basilica, behind the main altar in the Baldacchino, there is a throne way in the distance, and above the throne is a beautiful window of alabaster of the Holy Spirit. Around that throne are huge statues of the four fathers of the church, and St. Anathasius is one of them. He's revered not only in the Western Church, but as in the Coptic Church, Eastern Church, England. He's revered as a great father of the Church who really passed on to us what we believe. We say it every Sunday, the Creed. He was very influential in composing and documenting the theology that Jesus came from God, and Jesus was God, and man. Now, the big heresy in his days, it's funny, when I was in the seminary, and we studied the doctors of the church, every week we had another heresy to deal with. But, but these heresies, I go back to the fourth century. I mean, this is the 21st century. And when I was in the seminary, it was, you know, the 20th century. And I could never figure out why we spend so much time studying the heresies and the great preachers who preached against the heresies until I realized if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't be believing what we believe. Because even the doctors of the church took the Gospels, read them, interpreted them, and passed them on to us. The authors were Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but the teachers were the apostles and, of course, the fathers of the church and their subsequent followers, bishops, and so on. Well, Arianism was the big one against uh, Athanasius. Arianism was uh, composed by a priest called Arius, and his belief was, you know, if he suffered that, and I mean Jesus, if he suffered that, he couldn't have been God. He was a nice guy, preached beautiful words, but he died. And he suffered, and God wouldn't let his son do that, suffer. So he believed, Arius, that Jesus was a very, very good man, but not God. Now, you would think, this is, again, 4th century, by then it would pre pre be pretty established what we believed as a church. 
But we were a growing church. I mean, look in our country. When things go on in our country politically, what do the politicians do, which is justly right? They go back to the Constitution. They go back 300 years to check out what the ancestors, what we call the forefathers, wrote and what they meant. Going back to our roots is very important as a nation. Going back to our roots as Catholics, extremely important. Because our roots don't start with Jesus, our roots start with the Old Testament, which Jesus fulfills. So then I'm thinking, what would he do today, Athanasius? What would Athanasius preach today? Who would he be fighting today? Because he wouldn't be fighting Arius. And I thought, what are the heresies of today? And we have, we have heresies today. They don't come out in the church. They don't, they don't, uh, they're not promulgated as by fighting material within theologians. But think of the great thrust toward agnosticism. Believe in nothing. The great thrust toward anti-Catholicism. Many people, as a matter of fact, this past weekend in Boston, there was a convention, a satanic convention. That's certainly something that we as Catholics are always fighting against Satan. All our prayers are directed that way to, to deliver us from evil. Other, maybe they don't, they're not called technically heresies, but other anti-Christian movements in our society, anything that denigrates Jesus or his followers is on the borderline of being heretical. Now, the problem is heresy is applied only to believers. A believer who defies what he believes is a heretic. The outsiders are not heretics. We used to call them pagans, outside the walls. Pagani were outside the walls. So they wouldn't believe in anything. So we've got ourselves in a dilemma in the 21st century here in our world that we have plenty of things that defy the church, fight the church, denigrate Jesus, plenty of people we need to be praying for. And we look to someone like Francis, our Pope. Everything he puts out, I shouldn't say everything, almost everything, everything he puts out, again, is pointing to us as opening, encouraging us to open our eyes to the ways of the world that are destroying people. Lack of wages, lack of dignity. Yesterday he talked about the wholesale of children from the Ukraine, smuggled into Russia and sold. Now you say, well, we don't have slavery anymore. But yes, we do in the world. And they're not the only ones who are captive and trafficked. That's another thing we as a church must be fighting against. And our leader, in this case, Francis, 
makes it public that we do put ourselves in the position of, and here's another political bomb, caring for the immigrant. And we in our, we in our city know the ramifications of that. The immigrants who come across the border, I don't want to be political, but come across the border and infiltrate our society. And that causes a great conflict between one city and the government. But the real conflict is these people who are coming from many, many different lands, filtering here through Mexico, are our brothers and sisters. The heresy, you might say, is wiping them all with one brush and saying they all are illegal and they're all not to be entered into the city and they're all to be condemned. We don't do that. Oh, oh, politically, we'd like to. We'd like to clean house every day. But we have a pope who reminds us, can't do that. These are our brothers and sisters. They, they come over from, from a, a, an Asian country into Europe and they happen to drown because of the, the treacherous conditions. We need to mourn for them. I mean, Catholic Charities in our own city is bulging with immigrants that we're clothing and feeding. And, and I say we because it's our tax dollars in this case, our tax dollars. So Francis is not concerned with our tax dollars. He's concerned with the living people who are suffering. And that's what was going on in the earliest church. And that's what's going on today. And Jesus mentioned in the first reading is very, I mean, in the gospel today, um, you will be hated by all because of my name. And many people do hate the church because of his name and because our priorities, our priorities are to spread the word of Jesus, to share and live the word of Jesus even in face of the political and adversarial movements in our world today. So you're not following a very popular guy, Jesus Christ. You're following the Son of God who became a human being, rose from the dead, and who lives. Forget his popularity. We follow Jesus who lives eternally and speaks to each one of us in our hearts and in our actions.